0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2019. I'm Steve McIntosh. And our guest is Dr. James Radigan, retired dean of student affairs at Wichita State University. Welcome to Issues 2019. Nice to have you with us, sir. Thank you. Student Union at WSU has your name on it. (laughs) How does that feel to have a building named after you? It seems a little unreal at times. (laughs) It's better.
1: I mean, one time I was driving to my walking, jogging class with my wife and listened to your program, and you referred to me as the late Jim radikins. I'm better than that.
0: <laughs> I did? <laughs> yeah. I beg your pardon. I'm sorry about that. A little premature on that. <laughs> what has Twain said? The rumors of my demise are exaggerated. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, let's let's go back, back, back in the Wayback Machine. And Where were you? Before you arrived at Wichita State, I had—I no, don't think you had any life before that, did you, or did you? Well,
1: I was at the University of Iowa from 1960 to 1965, when I was simultaneously working on a doctoral degree and I was in the Dean of Students' office there as an assistant dean of men. What? Did you, so, what's your edu-
0: education background before that? Well,
1: I, I had a bachelor's degree from Cole College. It's a small college, and. Iowa, which I really enjoyed, and then I went to Syracuse University for a master's
0: degree in history. Now, you're from Iowa, is that correct? That's right, a little town, Monticello in eastern Iowa. Okay. Uh, so, when you were a kid growing up in Iowa, did you know Ronald Reagan? No, but I have, I've met Ronald Reagan. Oh, well, there you. I bet you've met I, some
1: interesting people over well, here. Well, I, I met him at Wichita State University when he was a candidate. He was talking to a bunch of uh, Baptist ministers. and. Uh, our president was gone, so he asked me if I'd sit in. And I did. And he was a very delightful man. Said he loved Wichita because he got to start here as a radio announcer when he was doing a program for the uh, uh, station in Omaha when the yeah when Nebraska was playing at Wichita State for something or other.
0: Okay, well now, when you were a kid in Iowa, what did you what did you dream of being when you grew up? A successful oh, farmer? Or,
1: or <laughs> well, that's a good question, but I couldn't tell really that I had a dream. I didn't know. I didn't even think about going to college. Until I was a f- senior.
0: Okay. Well, how did it, the, the timing of that? How did it dovetail? Was it that dovetail with World War II, or was that, was that before <laughs> World War II or after <laughs> World War II? Well, I graduated from
1: high school in 1953. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I
0: beg your pardon, sir. I had you dated there. Uh, I'll bet there are one or two teachers who influenced you.
1: Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. A couple of them. Right. They're the
0: teachers that. Um,
1: Called me out on being lazy and told me to get with it, and um, and were unsympathetic when I didn't.
0: So they encourage you by saying get with the program.
1: Yeah, or like, or I get a D in D in geometry, which I did. Oh.
0: Wasn't that the pitch? I, only, I, I, only, only once. Uh, we have something in common. Geometry was completely foreign to me. I could not master geometry. Well, at geometry. the end, I got pretty good at it. Oh, did you really? Of, because, okay. of, uh, you know, my parents didn't like the D on the card. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, uh, tell us about becoming a shocker back in, what, 1965? Is that where you came to town? Yes, it was a bit of a fluke because I I did. I just finished my
1: doctoral degree, but... Uh, because I worked, I also had five years' experience. I was only 29, but I applied to different places, and uh, I got three interviews, and one of them was at Wichita State. And uh, later on, I discovered it was not not so much my doctoral degree, but Emery Lindquist, the president at the time, had a doctoral degree in history, and he liked my background in the liberal arts. So you've, you've worked with how many presidents then? Oh, I don't know, maybe seven or eight. Seven or eight. Uh, in in well I was in office only five. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I knew President Corbin, and of course I knew President Bardot.
0: How'd you meet all those people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, President Corbin yeah, I know they came to work here, but Well President Corbin was a baseball fan, so, I, so I'm at baseball games, I generally sat with him. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, or often I would say sat with him. Well there was a time when there was no baseball here. That there was a big time, in several that, years. Yeah, but I was when I came here they were
1: they were in you know, Doing a great job.
0: Okay. Now, you, you were, uh, uh, were coming in dur- during some exciting times, sports-wise. Because I was a kid growing up in town. I'll tell you what, mid-60s, Wichita State was doing some fun things. Yes. Or was Wichita for a while, then Wichita right. State. Tell us about that. Uh, basketball? We still had, still had football. Basketball was uh, great. No. Uh,
1: but everything was overshadowed for me by uh, the politics of the day. Tell, you, uh, tell me had, about that, Dan. Well, we had the war in Vietnam, but that was only one, that was only one thing going on. 1965 to 1970 was the era of uh, free speech, which had started Berkeley, uh, uh, the black student movement. Until 1965 or 66, the phrase for a person of color was Negro.
0: Yeah.
1: But then in California, the uh, Oakland Five, uh, call that uh, uh, inadequate description, and much preferred black. And so, Negro not only fell in disuse; it was practically a hate word in a matter of months. Yeah. But that wasn't the end of it. We had uh, the women's movement was really gaining momentum, and we had the uh, beginnings of the disability concerns of students and our lack of accessibility in the campus. Uh, a handful of uh, Hispanic students who are looking for recognition and so
0: forth. Now I'm going to interrupt you there because you're uh, you're getting ahead of me. I, I have those questions coming up later, but we'll we'll come back to that in a I just, minute. I
1: just decided to blurt out everything it decides, I knew. You
0: said you're uh, going to control this program, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a coup. It's a. Uh, Ted, let's, let's just talk. A, uh, go back a little bit and tell us about moving uh, Wichita University from a city school to a state school. Uh, was that really necessary at the time? What was going on then?
1: <clears throat> I came in the second year. Uh, they came in the city system in the six, 1964, and I came in 1965 when President Lindquist uh, invited me to be vice president for student affairs and to start a, a modern program, as he put it, in student affairs. They would had things before, but they were discontinued uh, because of the financial pressures on the University of Wichita. Mm-hmm. So, but by the time I came, the enrollment had increased from about 6,500 to 11,000 in one year because uh, you know tuition was seven dollars a credit hour. For example. <laughs> Which, Those were the days. I, I, I was, well, I, I gave a speech recently. I said,
0: unfortunately, we have not had to raise that since." <laughs> but, uh, uh, so you go go to a state school. To, so do you think WSU has always gotten a fair shake from the folks in Topeka? Well, at,
1: at the beginning, that question is no. The Board of Regents voted 9-0 to zero to keep us out of the system <laughs> just a f- few months later. But Emory Lindquist was such a powerful figure. He must have been something else. Well, he was a uh, Kansan uh, Kansas of the year, the year I came here. He was knighted by King Carl Gustav the 16th. And, so he could have been called Sir Emery. Of course, he wouldn't put up with that. But he was a remarkable man, he just the right man for the job.
0: I, I never knew that. The, the Board of Regents voted 9 to nothing to keep Wichita out. That's, That's right. Was, wow. So we came in uh, feeling very much wanted by the rest of the state. A <laughs> <Everybody laughs> lot, <was, laughs> lot of love there, <laughs> right? But... Uh, <laughs> So, we've kind of had a chip on our children. Oh, yeah, we did. And there yeah. were some other conditions. We and we were
1: entered as an associate of the University of Kansas. But one year under Emery Linquist and, uh, and the chancellor at KU, who was a really fine
0: man, uh, all that fell away. So, that, uh, so, there was some politics going on. I didn't realize that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did, but I. <laughs> I was only about 15 years old, so I didn't know what was going on. Hey, you're listening to Issues uh, 2019 here on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Dr. James Radigan, retired dean of student affairs at Wichita State University. And I haven't known you well over the years, so we've, we've crossed paths a few times, and I don't know you well enough to call you Jim, but I'll tell you, I got a feeling when I was writing down some questions for this show, I got a feeling I might lose control early. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the turbulent times on the campus in the '60s, and well, I've talked to Dave Dahl. Uh, of course, Dave is a, a local attorney who was drafted to, and played w- ball at Wichita State basketball, and he talked about some of the time when he was a white kid coming here, and there were some bl- black basketball players who thought they were getting a little pressure because from the other black kids that they needed to do more for the uh, the you know for that movement. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. a tough time.
1: I really felt that. Uh there are some of our black players who were you know just normally function students but there are a handful who are radicalized by the by the by the
0: national currents of the fact yeah yeah national uh, tell us about drugs on campus big factor uh, okay All, and how did, how did we handle that well, You can't look the other way man, no, uh,
1: we had uh, two drugs of uh, record really i would say uh, one was alcohol which had to been a campus favorite since the 20s but the other one was uh, marijuana it was a, a disruptive drug it wasn't so addictive but it it uh, distracted students and uh, those who used anything worse than marijuana were taken over by their drugs and they weren't a problem because they really couldn't survive in a college environment
0: uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about civil rights. Uh, were there some demonstrations or anything like that on campus? Oh yes, we had
1: <clears throat> we had large demonstrations, but they were not violent, and uh, and um, uh, I thought they were quite effective. Frankly, the students in the United States really led the p- protest against the war in Vietnam. I mean, that may please you or displease you, but certainly that was true. On our campus, uh, it was true.
0: Uh, and did you, you had we'd had sit-ins? Mm-hmm. At the Dockham Drugstore, one of the first, if not the first in the country, I think, in the in Right, the 50s. I, I believe that. That was before I got here. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but we had a lot of uh, activity,
1: but we had no violence.
0: Okay. How about, uh, how's has the, uh, the university dealt with local uh, the local economy's ups and downs over the years? I mean, there have been times when you couldn't find a job in this town, and uh, other times when it was booming. As a university, how have you dealt with that? <clears throat> well, uh, there is a... Uh, What happened at the university was uh, inverse to the
1: the, um, health of the economy. The more unemployment there was, the larger the university uh, growth because that was the time if you couldn't find a job, you should be doing something useful, so people went back to school. Conversely, when the economy was booming, uh, maybe you'd wait for your university work because
0: you were doing well on the job. Talk about uh, WSU's history as a place where so many of the students have not been full-time, live-on-campus, traditional-type college students. Uh, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's my lifetime, there has been a lot of folks who are working and going to school at the same time. And you contrast that to you go to the the, the other universities, uh, KUK State, and most of the kids there, I think, you know, the people there are pretty much full-time students living in dorms and so forth. Well, that
1: used to be true, and it's probably true now to a certain extent, but the... the, uh, the uh, the campus picture today is quite different. Uh, yeah, yeah. And today we have uh, vast numbers of full-time students. It was quite different from back when I started Where the average enrollment might have been nine hours. But now it's not that way. And uh, for four the last five years, for example, we had the largest freshman classes in um, the university's history, and they tend to be full-time.
0: You uh, uh, Let's talk a little bit about something that uh, – <laughs> the impact of the 1970 football plane crash on the university. Short-term, obviously, terrible. Yeah. Long-term, though.
1: I uh, look at it as a kind of a series of uh, concentric circles, and in the middle uh, were people who were devastated, uh, family members, I mean, people whose lives were altered forever. And you knew all those people. Well, I knew, I didn't know very many of the ballplayers, but I knew the, some the coaches of the are, players. Yeah, yeah. But I knew all, all of the administrators that were killed and, yeah. and others. And then it spread out, so friends of friends of friends, and then time enters in. And so over time, uh, you'd have to say not so much, but for a long time, uh, yes. President Alberg told his administrative council in 1970 that, he said, you guys are going to be dealing with this for 10 years. And I still deal with it every every year. Uh, issues come up about scholarships and so forth, the heirs of the crash.
0: Well, are we ever going to see Shocker football again?
1: I know you get asked that
0: now and then. Well, this is way beyond my pay. <laughs> 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 but so you use uh, all that uh, retirement money you're going to have and flood that back into the football. Yeah,
1: well, field. so I, the new president said, um, not that he could see immediately, for sure. He said he's writing... I think he put it, I'm writing $17 million checks a year for football at ECU. Okay. And so he said, I'm not eager to do that.
0: (laughs) It is expensive, no doubt. Talk about a little bit, if you will, about the quality of education at WSU and student enrollments over the past few years.
1: I think the enrollment quality is really quite good. Uh, almost all of our classes are taught by professors, not graduate students, not pan graduate students, but I think students are more comfortable and feel better with full-time professors and uh, we still do that and um, uh, particularly in our undergraduate uh, experience uh, I think students really get a really uh, fine introduction to a campus. They work at that out there and after that you're Major takes effect, and so the, all that's a different ball game, much more rigorous and focused.
0: Enrollments though, has been going up over the past few years?
1: Yes. Yeah, a matter of fact, um, I think our highest enrollment was 1989 or 88, but that was comprised of a lot of those part-time students you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, but we got to 17,800 at that time. This year, we passed 16,000 for the first time in a long time, but uh, our credit hours are vastly larger. Uh, Back in the old days, um, with the shortage of students in Kansas, a lot of people came to Wichita to recruit. When I, in 1989, Butler County was probably 3,000 students. There are 10,000 today, so
0: we've had a lot of competition. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about the Innovation Campus and WSU Tech. I know that's a big, big thing going on out there, the Innovation Campus.
1: Well, uh, we'll just take it in reverse order. <clears throat> okay, okay, go ahead. The, uh, uh, Wichita Tech is uh, re- recently, um, it's an old thing, but re- a new concept under new leadership. And uh, I have to say that, uh, well, I don't know, two or three years ago, President Trump, uh, through executive order, it created the National Council for the American Worker. And the working arm of that was called the American Workforce Policy Advisory Board. And on that board are the presidents of Apple, uh, Lockheed, IBM, Home Depot, Visa, Walmart, two governors, the governor of Iowa and the governor of Indiana. to me, one of the most important persons is Sherry Utash, who is president of the, uh, uh, <laughs> the, D- uh, the yeah. Wichita Tech. Yeah. The Wichita Tech. Yeah, yeah. And um, she is a member of this council as well. And I think it, it can be seen how effective she is because just this was last oh. month, the uh, uh, Ivanka Trump and uh, uh, Wilbur Ross, the secretary of, of commerce, uh, came to Wichita to see how people in the trenches are really doing, and I think she uh, she demonstrated that we're a mo- practically uh, a model uh, for workforce development. It was good for Wichita. It was certainly good for Wichita Tech.
0: Is that is that the the main thing we're looking for at the university? Of- or do you want somebody to have a well-rounded liberal arts education, or are we just there to train people to go to work? Well,
1: Wichita, <laughs> w- Wichita Tech has a specific mission, and so, but it, it morphs into baccalaureate education if you want it, but it provides an opportunity for everybody to get a, a worthwhile education and make money during their lifetime.
0: You, uh, we had a, a story this uh, past week. Uh, there was a survey done of high school kids in America. And it showed that uh, fewer uh, and fewer of them are looking at, uh, at uh, a college education as the way to go in their future. More of them are thinking about maybe I do a tech school. Maybe, uh, maybe I, I do something that I'm going to work with my hands or I'm going to work with electronics. Do uh, you see that trend? Is that something you've seen? Well, yeah. I
1: see it as a trend, a very good trend, because back in the old days, that was what you did if you couldn't go to college. But now it's entirely different. We have 5,000 people in Wichita at, at uh, Wichita Tech. And uh, they're all totally different life circumstances and ages. And uh, they're there for a specific purpose. The mission of, uh, of a tech school is to provide useful education that can produce a job almost immediately.
0: You you brushed a little bit on on, uh, community colleges. We used to call them junior colleges around the area. How has Wichita State functioned in relation to Butler and Cowley and and these junior colleges? Well,
1: we're the number one uh, choice of those schools when when their students transfer. And so I'd say we're doing well. But they also, um, they're growing in their numbers and significance. And so they're, on the other hand, competitors of ours. But um, lots of places compete against uh, a four-year school now. We've had people from Southern California. uh, Oh, I just couldn't even tell you about the number of schools that bring representatives here, including smaller colleges inside Kansas.
0: You've got a a new WSU president, Mr. Jay Golden. What do you think of this this person? Well, he made a very good first impression, so
1: we'll have to see, and uh, he's got a... Phenomenal education and phenomenal history, so I'm really optimistic about him and he's interested in innovation because he's a part of that North Carolina triangle of Duke, North Carolina State, North Carolina, which is um, uh, they call it the innovation triangle or something oh, like okay. that. And uh, so I think he, he is, uh, his ideas of what an innovation campus should be may be even more advanced than what we're doing. So that
0: sounds like a pretty good fit. It does. Okay. Now here's the the biggest question I have for you today, I think. Are today's students really much different from the ones you've seen over the
1: past 40 or 50 years? The answer would be no, they aren't. And here's what's different is the circumstances that bring them to college. If the economy is way down, students are intensely focused because they're looking employment is essential. But if jobs are plentiful, well, then you get the Roaring Twenties, and uh, you know they're not too concerned about it. But right now, students are, are concerned because of the enormous debt that many of them are forced to take on because uh, college has become so expensive. Wow!
0: So, did you uh, when you got out of college? Did you have several hundred thousand dollars in debt that you had to pay? No, I didn't. I worked my way through college, just like most everybody else did. There
1: was no real Financial aid was kind of a (laughs) foreign term to me.
0: I don't recall getting any. Okay. Uh, So uh, what do you think? What's the future of of university education, college education? Oh, I think – Is Wichita State the model? Is it going to be a blend of things? I think we're in really good
1: shape there. And because of our circumstances in a modern-size city, there's opportunity to work your way through school. And, And not everybody is in debt when they leave Wichita State. A of students work, some of them work almost full-time to get through, and, uh, but President uh, Golden wants to provide more financial aid for people who are in, uh, in a lower income category so they don't have to accrue so much debt. We're also taking on more different types of students. Uh, we have a program called Gear Up. And you know, it's major emphasis is foster children who are people who have fallen between the cracks in our society nobody seems to care for them we we're, we're working very hard to make sure they're
0: mainstreamed you uh, we're almost out of time uh, we probably do a couple hours uh, just talking about people who who've met you've met and you've known over the years uh, but how do you how do you stay busy in retirement well that's uh, kind of a personal yeah, question well, I <laughs>
1: So uh, I retired several times, but my last paycheck was when I was 78. But I still work every day almost, but I just work in my terms. Nobody tells me what to do and I enjoy going in the office, my wife probably does too. And um, I still write and I try to raise money if I can. So I like the uh, slower lifestyle and uh, enjoying being active though. Mm -hmm.
0: We want to just thank you for your, your your career at Wichita State and uh, all the great work you you've done there, and with some great people as well. and And we appreciate you spending some time with us and giving us a, an update on what's been happening at Wichita State over the over the past few years. And uh, our guest, of course, James Radigan, retired dean of students affairs at Wichita State University. That's all for this edition of Issues 2019. See you next week. I'm Steve McIntosh.